tuned in to the Immersive Tribe podcast discussing all things virtual, augmented and mixed reality. I'm Leanne and joining me as always, well this is actually our first podcast so it's not as always but Andy will be a regular member. He is the founder of VR AR development company New Moon Studios. Good morning Leanne, uh, hopefully I will be here always. So today we'll be talking about the difference between virtual and augmented reality and which is the best for your business. There's huge confusion between the two. So as this is a bit of a black hole, let's discuss the definitions and break each definition down. Okay, so virtual reality is where you use technology to replace reality completely giving somebody the impression that they are entirely present in an imaginary space. So as soon as you put on a headset or enter what's called a cave using projection, you are convinced that you are no longer in the real world, you're in a virtual space. Whether that's a 360 movie, where you're watching something passively play out, or a more interactive training simulation where you feel like your actions are actually being carried out in that virtual space. Augmented reality is where we superimpose computer-generated content onto the real world, so we're enhancing or bringing into the real world something that's virtual. And that could be projecting a video into a 3D space, or it could be adding 3D content, creatures and characters, into the real world so that when viewed through your device or through some wearable technology, you're seeing, for example, the Pokemon in Pokemon Go are in your living room. So you're blending virtual content with real content, whereas virtual reality is completely replacing the real world with uh, an imaginary 3D space. So a really good example of this would be Snapchat. They're really good at placing augmented reality like little characters in your living room and you are viewing the world through a lens yes with animation so yes with with placing characters in the world or for example turning people into puppies which is very popular that's augmented reality the reality that's being augmented is you looking back at your own face through your phone and they're adding the the puppy ears and the effects onto it so they're enhancing the real world so it's really interesting because technology isn't particularly new but the accessibility is so I'm sure the listeners are wondering where does that leave your business because the revenue generated by Pokemon Go in the first three months was greater than the value of the entire VR software market in 2016 can you tell us why that might be I think with Pokemon Go it's a very special case because of the combination of the brand the market and the technology. Pokemon Go was the first time augmented reality and a really popular mainstream brand like Pokemon that spans generations were brought together. The idea of going out and actually hunting Pokemon um, in the real world appealed to uh, children who are digital natives and also people of my age still fondly remember Pokemon. I know people of my age who are going out on their lunch hours and finding Pokemon gyms. I can't think of another brand that has that cross-generational power and can use it in such a way so effectively with augmented reality. I think the interest waned relatively quickly for Pokemon Go. The novelty was enormous. 
the profitability was huge, and then interest dropped off. There's still a substantial number of players playing Pokemon Go, but obviously with any technology, there's the initial novelty factor. There's always a drop-off. I don't think anyone involved in Pokemon Go is particularly concerned about the numbers. I think they had that massive burst of profitability, and now I think it's sustaining itself very well. So where is that leaving businesses? Particularly, I'm talking about um, AR and VR and the difference between the two. I'm wondering... As a business, if I'm looking at potentially picking one, which one would I I pick? Which direction to go in? If you're looking at customer awareness and availability, I would say that augmented reality is quite strong because so many people have that Pokemon Go example. If you're trying to explain something to somebody, and in the past we had to write hour-long presentations to convince people that augmented reality was a viable proposition. Now we can say, oh, what we essentially will be doing is Pokemon Go for X, Y, or Z. So it's a shorthand that's available that I don't think virtual reality has. It's very difficult to say, we will build you X, Y, you know, whatever product for whatever purpose based on a very popular virtual reality experience. Whereas now Pokemon Go is pretty much shorthand for AR now. Yeah, I was actually speaking to someone today and they were saying it's annoying because it's not technically AR, it's using GPS. There's a combination. Yeah, okay. The three types of augmented reality commonly known of um, and used, it's GPS-based augmented reality where you're seeing your position on a map Mm. and as you move around, your position on that visible map is updated or you're looking at the real world and seeing pins overlaid so you can see the destinations you have to go to so you're using gps and the compass on your device to show you content and the location of that content and that's something that pokemon go does use then when you find a pokemon you switch into uh, spatially aware augmented reality so you do see pikachu he's in 3d in the park and as you turn the device he stays where he originally was you Mm. can you can you can establish that link between the virtual content and the real space. So it is using augmented reality for the actual capturing of the Pokemon. And it's using GPS-based augmented reality for uh, the actual tracking down the map-based. The third type would be image-based augmented reality. So if you had to scan the cover of a book or a DVD to unlock a Pokemon, that would be image recognition-based augmented reality. So it does do quite well in that it uses two of the three core types of AR. Ah, okay. So that person was um, telling me the wrong kind of information today. Yes, I think the risk of any kind of shorthand for a technology is it becomes lazy shorthand. Mm. And we do, when we talk about um, AR, we say it's Pokemon Go for X, Y, and Z. We're careful to only use that when it's really relevant. Um, If we're describing AR in general we still use it shorthand. If we're describing a project more specifically, once we've convinced someone of the benefits of AR using Pokemon Go as a general example, we can then talk more specifically about their project requirements without having to use that lazy shorthand. Yeah. So do you think that AR is increasing more rapidly because of the technology that's available? It's a combination of that. It's also because there are some questions about whether virtual reality is suitable for people under the age of 13. 
because you're putting a screen so close to your eyes, there are various studies that have been done that suggest that this could have impacts on the developing eyes of children. It's not certain by any means, and I think a lot of people are suggesting that short bursts of gameplay will be fine. But if you create something really compelling that you're deliberately targeting at children in virtual reality, there are moral questions there. Whether if they end up playing for two hours or three hours, even though you're saying you shouldn't, is that going to have an impact on their developing eyesight further down the road? Whereas augmented reality doesn't have those risks. Oh, okay. What kind of strategies would you be bringing in immersive technology into the business? I think it's quite broad. It's, I don't want to say it's a Swiss army knife of technology, but generally discussing it is immersive technology. The things that you can do that are beneficial to a business in terms of immersing people is demonstrating products. So allowing people to visualize something that is bulky or expensive, hard to transport. So if you need to show your customers something, um, you have to turn up at their office. If you have to carry kilos and kilos worth of inventory, that becomes quite difficult. That becomes a health and safety issue because you're going to put your back out getting these things out of the car. If you use augmented reality to put a perfectly accurate 3D model of those items on their boardroom table and allow them to change the colorways, uh, change the combination, interact with features of that product, all within a, an augmented r reality application, you're not having to transport any product, you're not taking inventory that should be going to consumers. Um, you can keep it up to date without having to sacrifice any of your stock and you can transport more variations than you possibly could otherwise. If you have a company, for example, selling showers, and there's a company we pitched to a few years ago who had showers that were £50,000 each and these showers are made of solid stone, fascia. So to demonstrate one shower was a massive logistical challenge. Yeah, unless people came to them, it was very difficult. When they did a trade show, they could have brochures and one shower set up as a demo unit, and that was a massively complicated job. It took and them more shipping would be expensive as well for something like that. If you if you're transporting big bulky items, it's it's it gets expensive. Absolutely. Um, so both augmented and virtual reality work well for demonstrating products. If you've got a, a smaller product that can fit onto a boardroom table and can be walked around, augmented reality makes sense. If you're demonstrating something of a larger scale, let's say uh, um, a mobile home, you would demonstrate in that virtual reality because you're actually selling a space rather than a product. Cool. Okay, so which industries are we seeing the most movement in? At the moment, there's a huge amount of research being done in the medical sector. Mm -hmm. If you think about any situation where failure is expensive or dangerous, surgery, uh, anything that goes wrong in surgery is um, obviously a massive issue. The more you can train people in a safe environment, uh, the better. So using virtual reality to train somebody on the best procedure during uh, a surgery gives them a chance to fail and learn from those failures in a safe way using the virtual reality. We're seeing uh, in tourism, the whole idea of using virtual reality to put somebody in a space that's different to the real space. You can transport somebody to a hotel before mm -hmm. they visit. You can actually have somebody 
almost go on the holiday before they book. They can experience um, the beach, the hotel. Uh, you know what? What is the whole experience going to be like well before they get there? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of 360 videos on YouTube, which is transporting people to travel destinations. And um, you can see the link where if you're in um, a care home or if you're in hospital, you can transport people to a different world by using 360 videos um, within virtual reality. Yeah, so there have been studies done on that that it's, it's helpful. There are therapeutic benefits mm. of taking somebody out of the space they're in. Um, for example, I think someone did a study where um, children waiting chemotherapy and radiotherapy were given a VR headset while waiting. Um, because the effect of virtuality is to take you out of the moment. Yeah. You are entirely immersed. You're not looking at the hospital. You're not looking at the real world. You're looking at a virtual space. So whether that's a 360 video or something more interactive, you're not in the moment anymore. And they actually noticed that people were more relaxed. They actually had better outcomes because they weren't, they were more positive. So if you're not doing something in AR and VR, and you're in one of the industries that you name, so either the medical or the tourism industry, are you falling behind the eight ball? Yes, I would say so. Uh, I think we have a, a situation where people have uh, PowerPoint fatigue. Attention spans are getting shorter. We've seen this at trade shows where people are turning up to trade shows and they've got free pens and free carrier bags and paper-based promotional materials and no one cares. You will see people going around trying to collect as much free merchandise as they can get. But what are they doing with that? You know, it's going in a drawer somewhere. They're not engaging with the brand. And I think in order to get your information across, the delivery method has to be compelling. And we wouldn't suggest you just do any AR and VR experience and just go, there you go, we've done it. It's AR and VR. It has to be solving a problem. It has to be done in a way that actually works with your brand, with your message, and with your target audience. But to take an example um, of web expenses, who went to an accounting expo called uh, AccountX, catchily titled, they had a lot of people around them who were doing the old-fashioned method of promotion. So they had a lot of little gimmicky things happening around them, but it was traditionally printed material free pens and they had a full virtual reality experience with a second screen and it just drew people to their stand because it's something different it's something interesting and it does provide a compelling memorable association with their brand mm. yeah definitely and it's a really good way of getting contact details as well at trade shows because you can incorporate analytics which it's really difficult to get analytics at for trade shows, like what is the ratio between the amount of emails and business cards you're collecting to the amount of business that you're generating at the end? It's an electronical way of doing that, I suppose. You can get better analytics and more accurate data. Yes, I mean, if you firstly, you appeal to people's self-interest. If there's a prize involved for the uh, VR or whatever the experience is, so you're actually getting the, the you're doing the data capture, you're giving them a chance to win a prize, but you're also creating that positive association. I've seen where people just throw your business card into this bowl and we will pick a business card out and you, someone will win a bottle of champagne. And I've seen people go around trade show floors fling their business cards like shurikens into these things and they don't, they're not engaging with the brand. It's almost like a drive-by business card drop. Mm. Whereas with VR, they're spending time with you, they're actually engaging with the brand in that moment 
and they'll, mem- they'll remember this. Most of the time, people have these experiences. It's their first VR experience. We're still at that stage where a lot of people haven't had a VR experience. So for a brand, particularly in an industry like web expenses, where it's accounting, it's quite dry, to give someone their first virtual experience and have it be quite compelling and interesting, that's priceless. And if they'd gone for the old throw your business card in a bowl, it's it's a two-second interaction that has no depth at all. It's not memorable. No. People want an experience. They want, they want memories. So if you are a business and you want to do some form of AR and VR, what are the next steps? I think the first question to ask is, what is the problem that you're solving? Okay. Everything that we do, we always suggest it's either going to be something that will delight and entertain or it's solving a problem you have. It's going to save you money or it's going to make your day-to-day easier. It's going to enhance your training or it's going to help you measure your training in some way. So it's consider the problem. And I would suggest coming to a company like ourselves and uh, framing your problem and asking us to suggest how we would approach that using the technology that's at our disposal. Okay, so it is just a case of coming to a company, thinking about the problem and working with that company. What are the prices? It's so varied. Um, Obviously, there are um, media out there like print and web design where there are a lot of providers. So you can quite easily get a lot of different quotes. To get prices for AR and VR is remarkably difficult because the technologies are constantly evolving. The approaches can be wildly different. Um, we can provide a solution using our core platforms for as little as a thousand pounds because that technology has already been built and proven over years um, to up to tens if not hundreds of thousands of pounds depending on what it is you're trying to build. If you have um, 80 hours of training that you want to turn into a fully immersive, compelling, photo real virtual reality simulation, obviously that's going to cost you a lot more than if you have a short presentation that you want bringing into AR. Mm. So it's very broad. Yeah, that, it is very broad. I suppose that's the best um, advice, though, is figuring out the problem, thinking of what you want, how you want it to look, that kind of thing, what the customer experience is going to be, and then speaking to a company about it, getting a few quotes, because, yeah, it is really... Pricing-wise, I suppose it is quite broad. You can be like, what, a hundred grand if you want something elaborate, and then you can be as little as a thousand. So it, it just goes Absolutely. to show it's it's very very broad. Well, we're going to leave it there for now, but we will be back next week looking at the future of immersive technology. I'm Leanne Collinson. And I'm Andy Knight, and you've been listening to the Immersive Tribe podcast. If you have a problem, tell us about it, and we'll solve it with immersive tech. You can do this by contacting us on social media. So make sure you like and subscribe, immersive, the Immersive Tribe. That rhymed, I didn't even know. <laughs> and uh, follow the latest news and technology trends with us. Bye for now. See you next week. Goodbye.